Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm Holly Rubenstein. I'm a travel and entertainment journalist. And here each week, I'll be speaking to a very special guest about the seven chapters in their life's travel diaries. From their earliest childhood travel memory and the first place they fell in love with, to their hidden gem and what's at the top of their travel bucket list. We'll be uncovering their adventures around the world and the travel experiences and destinations that have shaped their lives. This week, I'm so excited to say that business mogul and perfumer Joe Malone makes a return to the podcast, transporting us to the Middle East in this Dubai destination special. For avid listeners, you might remember that back in season two, when Joe joined me as a guest, she talked about Dubai with such love, picking it as one of her all-time favorites. She spends a month, a year out there. So I could think of no one better to join us today as we uncover her Dubai travel diaries, her favorite spots, hidden gems and recommendations as someone who knows the city so well. And later, we'll be joined by Dubai-based travel journalist Sarah Headley-Heimers. She has her finger on the pulse of everything that's worth knowing about Dubai. And together, they both really evoke the sights, the scents and vibrancy of this Emirati city and really get under its skin beyond its glamorous and shiny first impressions. They, they really reveal its heart and heritage too. So it's February 2021 right now. Unfortunately, that means for most of us, travel is currently extremely restricted, which is especially disappointing as Dubai is such a wonderful spot for some winter sun. God, we need that right now. But I hope this episode inspires you to visit when we're all able to travel easily again. So from desert nights under the stars to the heady aromas of the spice market, Abra boat rides across the historic Dubai Creek, to its beaches and luxury hotels. Let's get started. Joe Malone, welcome back to the Travel Diaries. Thank you so much for joining me again. How are you today? Oh, Holly, thank you for, for inviting me back. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, it was just under a year ago that we last spoke. And actually, it was just after... Um, our interview that I was jetting off to Dubai a few days later because I was going there as part of my honeymoon and you were telling me how Dubai holds a really special place in your heart. It, it really does. How was your honeymoon by the way? Was it wonderful? It was amazing yeah. Aww. We stopped off in Dubai, went on to the Maldives and then stopped off in Dubai on the way back and it was it was I was so lucky to get it in just before everything kicked off so yeah wow. I'm very grateful it was wonderful um well I've missed it I, all I can say is uh we normally go to Dubai twice a year and of course with everything we've um my husband is really high risk so we've been mm. in complete lockdown but mm. I dream it you know I mean I have a great imagination anyway but I, I close my eyes sometimes and I dream about the places I love um you know from Paris to New York but Dubai is just one of those places that's top that's on my top three to visit as soon as this is over. I really miss it. Uh, well, it's serendipitous timing in a way that this special is coming out now because it's just as Joe Loves is expanding into Dubai. That must be really exciting. <laughs> Do you know what, Holly? Uh, in the year 2011, when we first created Joe, when I first created Joe Loves, um, I went to stay with a friend of mine that was that was living there. That's how we fell in love with it. And it was Easter. It was during Easter. And Easter Sunday, I took a little Joe Loves gift for everybody around the Easter Sunday lunch table. And we sat and we, and that was the first time she ever 
was seen by anyone. Mm-hmm. And I just have really thought back as as to that moment and all those years on, now seeing Joe Loves actually launched as a brand, a great British brand in Dubai, is is such it's such a proud moment. You feel like a mum watching your child grow up and be mm-hmm. independent. You know, that's often what it feels like when you're when you're growing a business. Joe Loves is just flying out there. Um, how exciting so we're trying to restock can you believe it a week later and we're having to restock already wow so did you have a gut instinct that it would really resonate with the market there fragrance is part of their culture you know it's not it's not a product to them it's part of their voice and part Mm. of their architecture part of their culture you know wherever you go the sense of um the sense of smell is is prevalent wherever you go so it was it was a market that I understood, and it was a market that I knew was going to be a lucrative one, um, but not as lucrative as I'm seeing. That's brilliant. It's interesting what you say about scent being particularly prevalent in that part of the world, because thinking back to your full episode of the Travel Diaries that you did, uh, you joined me on season two. Uh, we talked about how the scents from your different travels went on to become part of some of your most famous signature mm. fragrances because you you mentioned the notes um, which I found so interesting the different notes that you picked up while you're traveling and when I think about the Middle East it really does conjure vivid scents in my mind like I could just catch mm. a scent of say rose water and it will really yes. like transport me there so I wondered you know has it inspired any of your fragrances or or might it inspire a future scent some of the notes that you pick up in that that part of the world well many 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 years ago I traveled um in Jordan and I remember I remember one particular moment um where uh the sense of the smell of sandalwood I was actually sitting in a chair and I was sitting in the garden in this beautiful beautiful home and the sun was hit, hitting the chair. And I couldn't figure out where, where the smell was coming from. And I was looking to see, was there a candle alight or had somebody sprayed cologne? I mean, I just couldn't. And then I realized it was the sun hitting the chair. And there were panels of sandalwood carved into this chair. Mm. And as I rubbed it, I smelt this. It took me back to my childhood, which was the face mask that I made with Madame Labati and the sandalwood powder. And I mm. think... The power of, of scent right at this minute, which is why I believe that, that scent is, is literally flying through the roof um, as, a, as a product that people want, because it's like a gateway to memories and it reminds yes. you. Um, mm. And so that for me, the Middle East has, I, I, I so understand when you say about rose water, it, I smell really heavy rose petals when I think though of Dubai for some reason, like really rich. Um, mm-hmm. They don't. They don't like sort of weak and watery fragrances in that part of the world. They like really rich and heavy. And when you work with the fragrance houses in the, certainly in Dubai, everything is as though you've put your foot on a gas pedal and you go. You go from like twenty miles an hour in Europe, you know, sort of like the sense of smell, to one hundred and fifty miles an hour in the in the Middle East. They like <laughs> they like things that really enwrap you, and which is why they love ambers. They love cedar woods, um, rich bitter oranges and you know but very oak moss all of, all of those really rich ingredients and when you sort of blend them together like a big mezze that's what reminds me of dubai 
Mm, that's so interesting because in a way it reflects the atmosphere of the destination itself. You know, it's rich, it's it's yeah. supercharged, it's full of energy. But there's a, but there's a naturalness about it as well. There's a there's a rawness and a naturalness that I I mean I've seen Dubai build itself over the last twenty years, and there's this pioneering spirit and the fragrances often that I create when I'm living there and when I'm staying there really have that spirit of pioneering a pioneering attitude about them you know you'll you'll I smelt something the other day well a year ago now but um and I'd never smelt it before and it's that that feeling of that unexpected ingredient and Dubai will often deliver that and whether that's in a building or whether that's in a fragrance or food or, or building a hotel you know that they, they're able to create spaces and things from nothing aren't they you know they mm. created the palm they created mm-hmm. and it was the sea and I, I often go in when we're creating fragrance with the fragrance house and the perfumers I go in with that mentality and that attitude what can we create from nothing mm, that's yeah that's really really interesting so so today we're going to uncover the five chapters of your Dubai travel diaries and um, we're going to start with chapter one and that is the first place in Dubai that you fell in love with. Where or what would that be? Well it was the, this trip that I was uh, talking about it was the very first time and I, I in the very beginning I, I would never have gone to Dubai had it not been for two of our best friends that were living there and um, so we we all went and there was a whole group of us that went and I took my young son and we headed out and one of the first evenings they took us out on a uh, on a jeep ride through the sand dunes and we stood on the top of a sand dune and watched the sunset Mm. and it was probably one of the most beautiful the desert in the evening and and as the sun is setting changes completely it's like a film set it, it turns into something. The colours are going from pink to orange to turquoise to vivid pinks. And then the sun just suddenly, and it sets really quickly, and it mm-hmm. disappears, and you're in pitch black. And then stars start to come out. I, I fell in love with that moment, um, followed by sitting out in the desert and having dinner. It was the one evening that I thought, this place is just magical. It's We were sitting on carpets. Um, in front of log fires, eating very simple Arabic food, but delicious, and sitting underneath the stars. And a gentleman got up to uh, read poetry. And it mm. was just, it, it was just magical. And that's the place that I fell in love with Dubai. Oh, so atmospheric. An evening in the desert is just such a must-do when visiting Dubai, I agree. So moving on to chapter two, Mm -hmm. and that is the place where you learned the most about yourself in Dubai. Where would that be? So that this was an interesting question because I thought about this a lot. I think Dubai has has taught me so much, you know, like as I just said, working with you know perfumers that and understanding fragrance. But I think I think the moment which I learned I learned I was back in, in business was um, it was the World Retail Congress and it was 2016. Mm-hmm. And I was very, uh, very proud to be honoured into the Retailers Hall of Fame. And there were three of us oh. that received our awards, Tommy Hilfiger, Solomon Liu and myself. Wow. And we had four days of meeting with some of the greatest retailers in the world. And I felt so, I felt like an imposter, <laughs> the whole thing, <laughs> like I wasn't really meant to be there. And 
you know, I could understand why Tommy was and Solly, but I, I was like, why am I here? But it was just this really, really wonderful moment, you know, after coming back and building another brand, Joe Loves, and, and really being a baby retailer again, and then to be honoured in this way into, you know, inaugurated into the Hall of Fame was such a humbling experience. And I think I really dug deep within myself. I remembered who I had been, who I wanted to be, and who I was at that moment. And there's a picture that was taken as I'm walking in on the red carpet. I was I was the last one uh, to go in uh, to this particular event. And I'm standing there and I just felt like the little 10 year old girl, you know, Hmm. going out for tea or lunch for the first time. I was, it was just a really magical moment. And I remember standing up and thinking to myself, boy, you're back. uh, You're back and you're being taken seriously. So earn the right to stand there again. And in fact, when I wrote my book, um, I end it on that moment. Oh, really? Wow. So yeah, a really poignant moment. And For listeners who haven't tuned into the episode, don't know your story. I mean, this is the Joe Loves is the second brand that you have built into an international empire because a lot of people can just make the assumption that you're still involved with Joe Malone, but it's not something that you're involved with anymore. And Joe Loves is your baby, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, Joe Malone bears my name and the entrepreneurial spirit nearly 35 years ago. But no, I haven't been involved for, for a good um, uh, number of years, a, a, lo- a long time. And Joe Loves was the second business I built because I missed creating fragrance so much and being part of a business and building that I decided to give it one more shot to see if I could. And boy, am I glad I did. <laughs> I bet you are. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. 
It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos visiting some places that have been on my bucket list and while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Well, chapter three, we're going to cover a few things, your all-time favorites in Dubai. So your favorite part of Dubai, I'd be interested to know first. Oh, I love, um, I love lots of different places. I love um, Satwa. And Satwa is a, is a part of Dubai where you, where all the tailors are. So it's a very creative, um, part and you get all these little shops selling wonderful ribbons and, and buttons. And, um, there's a, there's an amazing place called Regal Fabrics, which is like a big factory where they have reams, beautiful, everything from beautiful linens to chiffon to silks to pinstripe, you name it, they have it. And it's all on rolls and you go and you choose your material and then you find, you know, every family really has their favorite tailor in the company. And um, you go and, and you can take you can take like three pieces from your wardrobe. I remember taking a beautiful kimono shirt that I'd had made so many years ago. But I liked the sleeve, but I didn't like the body, but I liked mm-hmm. the body of something else. So I took three pieces and um, said, can you do the sleeve of that one, the body of that? And the belt of that, and he did, and he made it in the most beautiful um, mango silk, one oh. in paisley. So I, I have them all upstairs, and one that is a this, this beautiful vivid green with sort of um, palm leaves running all the way through it. So that's uh, that's one of my favourite places, and it's the, I think it's the colour. Mm-hmm. The colours that inspire me and mm-hmm. the way, you know, the beautiful tailors and, and they stitch. You can't even see the sti- the seam. They're amazing. The craftsmanship there is sublime. It it really is. And that's a place called Satwa. And it, it, you really want to go very early in the morning or mm-hmm. very late in the afternoon because it's very hot, very hot and there's no shade there. Um, the other place I love is, and actually if you visit Satwa, you can go down to the water across the creek and you get these tiny little water taxis, which mm-hmm. are just like little wooden boats. And yeah. you sit on them and you go over. I like um, the, the beautiful spice market out there. And you go where the souks are, the diamond souks and the gold souks. But the little spice market, you go and you, you go into these lovely little like, corridors and they're all, they're all covered, very cool places. And you can find spices that you could only dream of. And the smell is unbelievable. So you'll get these amazing sort of fresh mint and garlic and oregano and peppers that you that they marinate their fish with or chicken. Uh, 
amazing, beautiful caftans for pennies, absolute pennies. Mm. So jeweled caftans that you can wear in the evening or just pop over your bikini by the swimming pool. You have to barter a bit as well, though, don't you? Probably. I'm not good at that. You know, really, no. I I get embarrassed. It's really it's a really strange thing. Um, but my friend who lives there, she she won't have any of it. So she bought yeah. for all of us. Um, <laughs> but you'll find beautiful bed linen, embroidered bed linen, you know, really, re- really craftsmen at what they do. And um, yeah, it's a very special place. Some treasures to bring home. Treasures. Also, there's t- all tiny little Arabic restaurants all the way along the waterline. And you can sit and just have real, um, beautiful, delicious food. And it might just be, you know, rice and a, like, a, like a casserole with, you know, fish and lots and lots of vegetables, delicious fresh hummus with pita. Um, and, you, you know, you kind of eat like kings. Ugh. Oh, it's making me hungry just thinking about it. <laughs> do you visit hotels when you go to Dubai? Um, do you have a favourite if you do? Yeah, I do. I mean, I've I've stayed I've stayed in a couple. It's my, it, not my secret, but it is it is a place that I would call home, um, and it is the one and only the residence. So it is a it's three hotels in one, the one and only, and it's not the one on the palm, it's the one on the mainland. And the residence is this tiny little jewel of a hotel right in the middle. And it, it's like it's it faces the water. So every morning you get up, you step out onto your terrace and you're overlooking the water in Dubai. And it's just, it has the most beautiful gardens. It has all these wonderful little Italian fountains that run down to the water's edge. And it's just, it's a place where I feel safe. Um, and the very first time we went, my son was only tiny, really tiny. And I was really nervous about, you know, letting him go off and play volleyball with the other kids because it was, you had to go out of the hotel and walk down the beach. But it honestly is one of the safest places I know. It's a really safe place full stop, isn't it? I'm sure there'll be people that say, absolutely not. I have never felt um anything but safe in that in that place and I visited many 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 times I've been a woman on my own um Mm. and I've traveled with my family but I have never I've ever always felt the hospitality of the Emiratis and um which is you know why we're building a business with them Mm -hmm. it sounds like that one and only hotel is a real oasis it is it's not uh you never feel like it's packed with people it's a very family hotel so there's children it has the most beautiful pool, and my favourite time of day is um, is rosé o'clock, as the sun is sit- setting, and you're sitting around the pool, and you've been in the sun all day, and the sun just starting to get slightly chilled and cool in the air, and you have a lovely glass of pink wine and sit in the pool, and the children are playing and people are swimming, and it's it's just it's what life you know is the happiness of life, and hearing families sort of playing and children laughing, it's it's great. Uh, that sounds perfect. How about restaurants? Do you have any standout ones that you'd recommend? There's a wonderful fish restaurant and it is in the Meridian Hotel. So often mm-hmm. the restaurants are within the hotel kind of yeah. complex. So yeah. the Meridian and it has this little Greek taverna. It's all white and blue. It looks like Mamma Mia. It looks like um, <laughs> uh, what she called Meryl Streep's going to run through any minute in her dungarees <laughs> to dance for you. It's right on the beach and you order like salted sea baked sea bass. And I have had so many happy lunches and dinners. In, at lunchtime, it's very hot. So you need to either 
sit underneath the canopy. But in the evening, all of the trees are lit with lights. You want to sit outside and you want to sit under the tree. So there's a couple of tables right out on the beach and you sit there and you can hear the clinking of the boats and the little white lights and you sit underneath the stars and you eat the most delicious fish, salad, bread. And um, it, we, we've always sat there with a table of at least 16. So they've always been unbelievably happy times. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So chapter four is your Dubai hidden gem. Um Okay, I found I found this one uh, uh, because my hidden gem is is the residence, my home, the place where I love to go, and the place that um, I consider, you know, is the place that I love the most. So I would say, yeah, I, I think it's probably the residence is my hidden gem, and I I have the same table at breakfast and I have the same table at lunch, and I love to go up and sit underneath the trees with my book and just read, and it's a place where. I'm able to really think. I really find that deep part of your soul. I'm able to create around that pool. And there's a lovely little temple at the end of the swimming pool and it overlooks the sea. And I often go and sit in there with my notebook and I create and I'll take all the notes that we've that we've worked on, you know, over the last few days and I'll sit and I'll just play with them like music. Mm. And it just comes so naturally. So for me, it is it is definitely a hidden gem. So the one and only also has a hotel which is out on the palm. It's much more modern. Uh, it's all white and it looks like a boat. And there's a lovely little restaurant that you can sit there and overlook. You get the ferry, the boat over to the palm. And mm-hmm. you can sit and have the most delicious dinner outside overlooking the water and overlooking all the lights of Dubai. That's beautiful. When you can look back and see the skyline at night, it's really mesmerizing, isn't it? So if you stand on the beach in the one and only and you walk back from dinner, you have this backdrop and you don't know whether you're in Hong Kong, Vegas, New York. I mean, it's such a it's 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 such a mese, isn't it, of all different mm. cultures, Dubai. Yeah. Um, But there's that sort of magical. um, One more hidden gem is the W Hotel opened a few years ago and I've stood I stayed there for for a couple of weeks and they have a bar on the um, fourth or fifth floor, I think it is. And it's right on the um, on the edge of the water. So people often go and have a drink or a cocktail. You have to book a table, but you literally watch the sunset. Um, and and it and it happens really quickly, but you're right on the water, so you've got this amazing view, uh, the W Hotel, mm. and it's also run by a wonderful British lady. Great tip. Have to do that next time I go, definitely. So finally, then, chapter five is what's at the top of your Dubai bucket list. Is there a place that you haven't been yet, that you haven't eaten in yet, stayed in yet, that you'd like to go to? Uh, one of the things I really, really want to do, actually two things. One is I want to, it's very easy to go to Amman from uh, Dubai and you can do it in the day. Yes, I've done but it. But I want to go, oh my God, I haven't done it. I'm so desperate to do it, Holly. And go and sleep um, on an old old dow, old, old boat overnight and um, watch the dolphins dance and swim with you. Did you do that? Uh, well, I unfortunately, we didn't see any dolphins, but what we did go on a dow, yes. So oh. what's really an, amazing and what a lot of people don't really realize is that the Musandam Peninsula, which is part of Oman, is 
nearer to Dubai than it is to Muscat, where most people would fly mm. into from the UK. Um, it's only about an hour and three quarters drive. And the drive actually to get there, Joe, when you do it is really exciting yeah. and an adventure in itself because you go through these vast craggy mountains to reach it. Oh, and and it's such a dramatic landscape. And then once you descend, um down into the peninsula this little slither of Oman that sits there Mm. it's known as the Norway of the Middle East because there are these turquoise fjords there where you can go out on a dow boat sleep on a dow boat there's amazing scuba diving and often there are dolphins and for me it's one of the most memorable places that I've ever been because I've never been in landscape quite like Mm. that that was just so um dramatic but then once you get into these fjords so incredibly peaceful um so yeah you have to do it it's great I stayed at the um six senses in Ziggy Bay I was writing an article about it and if you wanted to kind of add a dow boat trip to a Mm -hmm. hotel stay I'd really recommend it oh my word that's on my bucket list you've definitely sold it to me Holly that's definitely on my (laughs) bucket list but just to be at one with with nature and and animal I mean I love animals and I think dolphins are one of the most incredible creatures on this yeah. on this and they're so intelligent so um that's something I would love to do and actually my last thing on my bucket list is I feel I kind of would like to live in Dubai for a bit not forever really yeah yeah I'd like I know a lot of people that live there um, and I think it's definitely a in, very interesting place and it's also very much a hub um, and I'd kind of like to immerse myself in the culture and the and their way of life for, for a little bit and, and see yeah so I think I might um, no plans but it's a dream wow Oh, you have to let us know. Oh, Joe, thank you so much. That was so fantastic. So those were your Dubai travel diaries and it was a real pleasure. Thank you very much, Holly. That was Joe Malone. And from someone who wants to one day live in Dubai, next we're joined by Dubai resident, travel expert and journalist, Sarah Headley-Heimers. Sarah Headley-Heimers, welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast and to this Dubai special. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be on the show. So are you coming to me from sunny Dubai today? I am indeed. It is the beautiful, mild season. So we're not sweltering. We're just nice and toasty. Oh, that sounds glorious. How long have you been living out there? <laughs> 11 years so far. Wow. It's really difficult to leave because there's no crime to speak of um, and there's no tax and there's no rain. And I hate (laughs) the rain and I hate crime and I hate tax. So so finding somewhere else better to live. I don't actually like that I've lived somewhere for 11 years. It's the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. As a travel writer, I feel like I've kind of put myself into a bit of a rut, but until there's a better option, um, then I'm staying put. <laughs> so so we were just listening to Joe's travel diaries there, someone else who obviously has a real soft spot for, for Dubai. Oh, yes. Um, and I, 
I'm with Joe on the fragrances of the Middle East. I absolutely love apple shisha. I don't smoke and I don't smoke shisha. And I hate being around anybody smoking a cigarette, but I love being around people smoking apple flavored shisha. It just smells so lovely. So that's the scent that evokes Dubai for you. That and oud. Oud is huge here. So they'll burn it in the little oud burners on the floors outside of shops in the souks where Joe was talking about. And um, it's laced with things like rose oil. And each Emirati mother has her own recipe for making her incense and oud. And there's all different kinds of meanings associated with it. So you would have a different smell for a funeral or a wedding. Um, and there's a really cool museum that's opened recently in Dubai. Um, it's called Perfume House. It's part of Al Shandaga. And um, it, it explains the history and the culture of fragrance here. And apparently there's an oud that you can... Um, that you would burn as an Emirati mother when you've got all the family over and you want them all to go home. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good subtle, subtle message there. Yeah, yeah, which I absolutely love. I just think that's amazing. Like, right, instead of having to say, can everyone just please leave? There's an oud for that. So I love that they've got an oud for everything. It's a, it's a great, great smell. So she mentioned a whole host of different experiences that you can enjoy when you visit Dubai. As someone who has lived there for so long and is a destination expert, I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about some of the new openings that have happened in the area and really t- talk us through how Dubai can suit different budgets. Because it can be considered to be quite a glitzy, expensive location, but actually it's really a destination that can suit people who have got all different budgets coming to visit the area. Yeah, I mean, Dubai is quite famous for being very luxurious and it does offer that. But some of my favourite things to do here cost nothing. Um, I think uh, Joe mentioned Abra rides. Abra rides across the creek cost about 20p and they are literally the most atmospheric. It's like being in some kind of old movie. I love it. (laughs) You hop on board and you sail across the creek. The creek is beautiful, different lights at different times of day. And then you get over onto the other side and that's 20p to to cross once. And then on the other side, there's Gershwin's, which is my favorite camel milk ice cream kiosk. And that's about 50p for a little pot of camel milk ice cream. And that's one of my absolute all-time favorite Dubai things to do. What does camel milk ice cream taste like? Very like normal ice cream, only much richer. Ah. The, the milk from camels is much richer so it's um it's just a creamier which to my mind makes it more tasty but it's in all the usual flavors chocolate strawberry so it's just a really rich creamy thick dense ice cream mm. absolutely delicious and a perfect way to cool down on a, on a hot summer dubai day and obviously going across the the creek is like its own natural air conditioning um, another another thing that I always do that, that like we get guests over all the time, um, yeah, I bet so, you do. so so I'm like a, a free tour guide on the side. And uh, another thing that I always do is I always take um, guests to the Dubai Fountain. So um, I took my mum for the first time and she cried when she first saw saw oh, the fountain. Which it's I just so beautiful. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I was like, why are you crying for? I don't understand. <laughs> I've seen it so many times, you know, because I've been here so long. But yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's amazing. It's 
right in front of Burj Khalifa. So obviously, if you come to Dubai, you have to see the world's tallest building. That's a that's a must do. And then Dubai Fountain is free, and it you know it goes off every fifteen minutes, a half an hour, depending on the time. And it's it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning, and that's free. The water shoots up, doesn't it, in time to the music? Yes, it's like a it's it's a dancing fountain and light show. So it's made by a company called Wet, who also made the fountain at the front of the Bellagio in Las Vegas. So it's that kind of spectacular landmark, iconic fountain. And they do put some very good music. They, you know, uh, Whitney Houston, I will always love you. That those songs that get people going, you know what I mean. So, so yeah, that that's a banker. Always go there. And then, what I tend to do, this is a good little tip for you, Holly. If you've got kids, take them into the Dubai Mall then, and go to the um, the aquarium. Now. There's, you can pay to get into the aquarium um, and walk through a tunnel. But what's much better is there's an escalator just to the side. Go up the escalator and there's a little tiny path around the back of the aquarium. Hardly anybody ever walks down this little path. It's in front of a few fast food restaurants mm-hmm. um, that doesn't get much footfall. Just walk down there and you get the whole of the top of the aquarium to yourself also free to have a look. That's a good money saver. Oh, that's a great tip. Another fountain that just opened is the um, we've got a we've got another world record for this. It's the world's largest fountain, and that is the Palm Fountain. Um, ah. So you know the um, the Palm Jumeirah Island shaped like a tree. Well, they've got a new bit. It's like a smiley face just underneath the big crescent at the top of the tree where all the fronds are. Underneath yeah. that is a little smile called The Point. And on that, it's lined with some very good restaurants. And it looks out over to this massive fountain. I think it covers 14,000 square feet. It's a dancing light kind of affair. Um, And I went there yesterday, actually. Uh, There's a new trend in Dubai for food halls. And there's a new one there called Food District. Two floors, 13 concepts, 12 or 13 concepts. And oh, wow. Reef Othman is uh, one of our sort of celebrity chefs here, and uh, he does this tuna nigiri torched with shreds of truffle um, mm. and and caviar on top. <laughs> so uh, good. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So that's not free. That that's twenty quid. But. <laughs> <laughs> the view of the fountains is all yours at no extra cost <laughs> so that's a good one is it the same in terms of how it is in time to the music or how does it work yes it's very similar to dubai fountain but instead of one yellow glowing golden light it has multicolored lights three thousand of them in fact but yeah it was uh, it was fun and another good freebie is the beach um jbr which is Jamira Beach Residence, and that's part of Dubai Marina. That's where a lot of the hotels are, like the Ritz-Carlton and the Hilton. It's kind of like the first sort of popular beach area of Dubai. Mm -hmm. But that's been developed massively in the last sort of three years, Um, three or four years. They've got a a running track that runs the length of it, and there's there's little workout stations, which I kind of think are meant for adults, but kids just go crazy on them, you know, like monkey bars and <laughs> exercise bikes and, and all that kind of stuff. And obviously the Arabian Sea, lovely and warm all year round. Best playground we've got here, I think. The food scene in Dubai is 
pretty remarkable. I mean, it's so varied food for all occasions and all tastes. Where is your favorite kind of everyday, more casual eatery, would you say? Well, I live in a little um, place called JLT, Jamira Lakes Towers, which is actually just across the Metro Bridge from Dubai Marina, which we were just talking about, the most popular holiday destination. Now, the good thing is that no tourists ever think to cross over the bridge and come into my neck of the woods. So I have this, well, me and the residents have this all to ourselves. So JLT is huge, huge area, runs the same length as Dubai Marina. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of it is either park or lake. And every park and lake is surrounded by independent eateries. So I'm very lucky. It's, It's completely a walking area as well, which in Dubai, we're getting much better at it. But when I moved here 10 years ago, there wasn't that many places to walk. And I can walk for like 90 minutes in loops around um, JLT up and down, which I really like. It's about sort of five mile walk all in. And uh, there's three restaurants here that I am addicted to. An addiction is not even strong enough a word. We've got Streetery, which is, um, it was actually the first of our sort of mini food halls because it's got three concepts inside. The manager, Nikki, is from uh, Bangkok and he is a massively passionate street foodie, loves his street food. So it's all about Asian street food, guilty pleasures. Just around the corner, we have Vietnamese foodies. An amazing Vietnamese lady called Lily set this up and she only has Vietnamese chefs and the food is so authentic. I love Vietnamese food and it's it's bang on, absolutely perfect. So if you're into authentic Vietnamese, um, but my favorite, my all-time favorite, and I'm not a big pizza lover, but the best pizza, and I, I mean in the world, not just in Dubai, in the world. And I've been mm. all around Italy and all around New York as well, but it's uh-huh. hit by a pizza. Pitfire Pizza. If you come to Dubai, you have to have a Pitfire Pizza before you go. It's just amazing. They're an American couple and they really care about making the best product they can possibly make. But also they do things like they get their they get their um, mozzarella or possibly their burrata made in Sharjah. So made locally. So it's not, you know, been flown over miles and things. So they're using local produce and it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. You can get it delivered to your hotel if you're not, you know, in walking distance of JLT and they're cheap, cheap, cheap. So, you know, you don't have to spend a fortune to eat like a king in Dubai. And Joe also mentioned about how she had such a memorable experience going out into the desert. That really struck a chord with me because the last time that I was in Dubai, I visited the Dubai Desert Conservation Reserve. And this was a a part of Dubai that I hadn't experienced or didn't even know about. Is it something that you're familiar with, Sarah? Oh, very. I, I think it's like a massage for the soul. I absolutely love going out into the dunes. Um, We camp out in the dunes. Um, You can have a really cheap night out there, you know, take out barbecue. And that's something that residents do all the time. You don't have to pay to be part of an excursion, but you can. Obviously, there's a lot of that. Almahar is if you are moneyed. (laughs) Mm. That's that's my my favorite thing to do is um, go to Almahar for a weekend 
And they have, when you book into Almaha, beautiful resort with individual villas that just, you could be on the Serengeti. It's amazing how like beautiful and insanely different to Dubai Center it is. It's absolutely remarkable, isn't it? I mean, it's 45 minutes from, 45 minute drive from the center of the city and you get out into this incredible, delicate, desert ecosystem and you're seeing what I thought was really remarkable actually was the color of the dunes because they have that two-tone aspect the gold and the peach which I understood is actually due to having unusual mineral makeup so it really looks like these kind of swirling tones of gold and peach and when I was in in that reserve staying there I actually was staying at Almaha which as you mentioned is a, a kind of luxurious tented camp but you can actually also just go there with a select few tour operators for the day um, and, and the most memorable part for me was seeing the Arabian Oryx now I don't know if that's something that you see a lot more regularly as a resident but for me um, it was incredibly special the oryx is a rare breed of antelope the the national animal of the uae isn't it and um, with its extremely long horns those (laughs) curving long horns and that white fur which against the sand looked almost luminous you know and and it was very interesting to find out how in the kind of 1940s to the 60s they were hunted to the brink of extinction pretty much and it was thanks to conservation efforts that there are now around 600 oryx in the reserve itself and we also spotted eagles and owls and wild foxes and it was a completely different experience of Dubai and was a fantastic contrast to the kind of bright lights of the city. It's yeah. I mean, the the animals are so majestic. Their horns are like some kind of tribal crown. They are beautiful animals, and um, I think the I think it was Sheikh Desired who decided that you know he was going to conserve this breed, and he set up some islands off the coast of um, the UAE, and basically that was when it kind of started um, many moons ago. And yeah, I, I don't see them very often outside of the um, Dubai Desert Conservation Reserve. So we'll go for that because I think just watching them is very calming. They're very slow, studious animals. And then I love the gazelles skipping around in between them all. And they're so friendly, the gazelles. They're so used to seeing people. So they come so close and it's it's just it's magical it's like being in a bambi disney film it's crazy and if you can't afford if you can't afford almaha there's um sonara camp so sonara camp is the other um resident restaurant um an attraction on that um reservation on that reserve sorry um so it's they do a dinner offering they do a breakfast offering so the things that I think you have to do is you have to go out to the desert. It's such a shame to come to Dubai and not do that. So if you're not staying at Almaha, go to Sonara Camp and have either breakfast or dinner. And when you're there, you can ride a camel, you can go sandboarding down the dunes. Um, they have belly dancers, fire dancers. They have big sort of um, Emirati themed 
buffets and brunches and dinners. So you get to experience a lot of culture, falconry, hawk shows. So you'll get to see a lot of the desert Bedouin life um, and the dunes at the same time. So that is my, like, if you want a well-rounded trip, as well as the fancy brunches and the five-star hotels, those are the things that you have to do to get a well-rounded taste of Dubai. I completely agree with you. As you say, it gives you that whole experience of what the area has to offer. Oh, well, thank you so much, Shara, for joining me. Um, I hope that we can meet in real life out in Dubai sometime soon. Absolutely. I will be your tour guide. Just let me know when you're here and I'll take you around the best bits. I think that a lot of my listeners might be sending you some messages too after that. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, well, I hope you've enjoyed today's destination special and that it's inspired some wanderlust in all of you. It certainly has in me. A big thank you to Joe and to Sarah for joining me. For more information and inspiration to plan your holiday to Dubai, visit www.visitdubai.com or follow them on Instagram at visit.dubai. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to hear future episodes as soon as they're released, remember to hit subscribe on your podcast app of choice. To find out who's joining me on next week's episode, come and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Holly Rubenstein. I'd love to hear from you. And if you can't wait until then, there's always the first three seasons to catch up on, from Michael Palin to Poppy Delavine and Serranal Fines to Rick Stein. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next week. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 